sure. Well, hey, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, we want to jump into worship. Let me pray for us just as we go into that, um, that God would do an amazing thing this morning. God, will you bless our time, even in our homes? Will you meet with us? Will your Holy Spirit be there? And Lord, would you just anoint this time? Uh, will you prune us? Will you shape us? And will you fill us? In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
Freshwater, I love that song that uh, the team just led us uh, in worship with, uh, You Are Worthy of It All. And I love, it's just a pure adoration, like from the heart, uh, so clear, God, you are worthy of it all. And the imagery pulling out of the Old Testament of when they would burn incense as worship, but then our praise is the incense that rises up to Christ. I just, I just love it. Our praise glorifying Him, the aroma um, that fills his courts. And uh, this morning, I want to actually start with Psalm 42, and, and it's a psalm of worship. And the psalmist is, is in a hard place in life. And, and he says this, he says, As a deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, Where's your God? 
These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the crowd and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. I think what is interesting is the psalmist hasn't been able to gather with the people of God to worship at the house of the Lord. So whether it's the tabernacle or the temple, I'm not sure, but it sounds really familiar, doesn't it? And, and he's writing this thing saying, oh, I just wish I could get together with the people of God and just, just worship him. Just worship him. And, and I love that that's, that's in the word. Like there is something about when we gather to worship and he misses it. And, and I think that's obviously where we are right now. It's been taken away from us and we're all maybe writing a different psalm, but looking forward to that day when we're going to be able to gather together. And uh, even as we heard this last week, I mean, there's all kinds of opinions on when this could happen. Could it happen in a month? Could it happen in six months? Maybe in a year? I mean, nobody knows. Everybody's got an opinion, but nobody knows. And so at this point, it seems pretty self-evident. Uh, a large gathering, 200, 300 people like we have on a Sunday morning is not going to be for us for a while. So what we've been talking about over these last two weeks and now this final day is, is looking forward and looking ahead. What, what does it look like? And I want to I give a speak into that in, in a different way today. And I want to read out of Acts, Acts chapter 8. And it says this in the first uh, four verses. There arose that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. They were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen. He had just been uh, stoned to death uh, in chapter 7. And they made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. And now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Now, I don't want to suggest that what we're going through is anything like what the early church went through at all. Persecution versus just shelter at home, two different things. Um, and just the life-altering moves of really just taking what you could carry and fleeing the city. It's not even close to what we're going through. But there's two ideas here. There, there's two ideas, uh, realities, that are happening in these two verses. And it's this. One is dispersion, and the other is mission. Dispersion and mission. And I want to talk about those for a second, because what happened with dispersion is the leaders of Israel, the Jewish leaders who had just been part of crucifying Christ and calling for his death, they wanted to stamp out these people who were following Christ and his way and, and calling him the Messiah. And they wanted to stamp it out. And it was, it was effectively like this. They wanted to stop it spreading, so they took out a stick and went up to a fire that was burning. Meanwhile, it's, it's dry. Imagine it's in the summer. You're in the forest or you're out in the, in the plains and there's fields everywhere. It's just dry, like ready to be lit on fire. And they go up to this fire and they try to put it out by beating it with a stick, right? And what happens? High winds, let's say high winds are there too. And it, it throws sparks everywhere. And pretty soon you have fire all around. And that's effectively what happened in chapter 8. They tried to put it out and then trying to put it out, they spread it all over the world in a few moments. 
the unintended consequences <laughs> of persecution was dispersion. But it wasn't just dispersion, it was also mission. Because what happens in verse 4 is so fascinating. Those who were scattered, those who were dispersed, went about preaching the word. The other one, it's the mission, right? Dispersion, mission. Christianity would not have spread without people spreading the good news of Christ, the word about Jesus. And so what does the future look like for us? And we're not going through persecution, nothing like that. But there is this reality that we are now dispersed. And the question, what are we going to do in this dispersion with the mission? And what does it mean to be a Christian in this? This is what I want to talk about just for a few moments here. So we can't meet. And who knows how long that could go on. We're dispersed. In reality, we're dispersed. There's about 15 I don't know, 17 communities within a 10-minute, 20-minute drive of here, 15-minute drive. We're all dispersed into our different communities in the country, maybe more, uh, more in the city. We're all staying at home. We're all stuck in our neighborhoods. We're all wondering what's going to happen, what's going to happen to Freshwater, what's going to happen to me, what's going to happen to you, what's going to happen to everyone's faith, what, what's going to happen to the church? Is the church going to die? Is the church just going to kind of dissolve because we can't gather? I want to borrow an illustration. It's from Daniel Yang, and he's a, he's a Christian leader out of Wheaton, Illinois. He leads a think tank called Sin, and so this illustration is from him. And he said in the game of chess, so imagine the game of chess, and I've got the chess board right here, right? You've got all these pieces to play in chess. And what happens is the, the one piece that, that when you begin chess that you love the most is the queen. Because the queen can go either on the, the white spaces or, or the dark spaces. It doesn't matter. Um, it can go forwards and backwards and diagonals. It's the strongest piece on the board. So let's and say somebody starts out with chess, what are they going to do? They're going to over-rely on the queen. They're going to take the queen and focus on the queen and try to use the queen as much as they can. And, and what ends up happening is they don't utilize all the other pieces. And, and strategically, if someone who's played chess a while, um, they're looking at this and they're understanding, hey, I'm going to use all my pieces, and they figure out this person's over-relying on one piece, especially the queen, oh, it's going to become a liability. They're going to see it as a weakness and totally go after their opponent that way. What's happened, and here's where the metaphor, I think, works for us. What's happened is for the, the church for a long time has identified the queen in chess, as it were, as a Sunday morning service, and, and, and rightfully so. Like the queen is a powerful piece within our faith, the gathering. So much happens when we gather together to worship. And, and you read this even in Psalms 42 and in all kinds of places, the call to gather, the saints to gather and worship God. So it's not wrong to say that, but the problem that has happened in the church is there's an over-reliance on the queen. And effectively what's happened is the queen is off the board. Whether we like it or not, we don't get to use the queen anymore. And the question now we're facing and wrestling with, and you're wrestling with as, as you're sitting at home, is what do we do next? What, what does this look like going forward? And so this is what I want to talk about. Just real clearly, I want to just give you a, a clear picture of what, it, what this looks like, what we're going to do as we go forward. 
What we're going to do is this. We're going to wring every ounce of opportunity out of this moment. We're going to take it for all we can and use what is one of these un... Oh, I, shouldn't, I said I was never going to say that word. Unusual. <laughs> Something we've never experienced. What's another synonym for that word that I'm not going to say again? Uh, we want to just lean into this and say, hey, looking forward, wait a minute. Okay, so the queen's off. We can't gather on Sunday mornings. What do we do? Charles Spurgeon, he's a famous English pastor. He lived back in the 1800s, and he, this guy struggled. He was really sick a lot, struggled with a lot of health things. And he said this once. He said, I venture to say that the greatest blessing that God can give any of us is health. Let me say that again. I would venture to say that the greatest blessing that God could give to any of us is health, with the exception of sickness. Sickness has frequently been of more use to the saints of God than health has. Folks, this moment could in fact become an incredible blessing, and here's, here's why. As a staff, uh, we have been looking over the last couple years at what are some of the like, big trends, meta trends that are happening within North American churches that are healthy churches uh, that we would say, yeah, these people are, are living for the mission. They're on track. They're on point. And some of these trends were, were very concerning of what we were seeing and, and very difficult to understand how to adapt and how to change. And some of the changes we were looking at, like how in the world do you even pull this off? So the trends, let me talk about the trends and what we were seeing. People were burned out, and I wouldn't say it was like 100%, but what we were hearing was so many people were burned out, going so fast, going at a high rate, running RPM so high, and, and just not able to keep up. So, I mean, that's a big duh, like, oh, wow, you guys, you know, you guys are figuring that out, right? But it's, it's happening, right? So we're seeing people who are serving the church burned out. We're seeing the, the team struggling to recruit because people are, are burned out. We're hearing nationally about staff on churches, right? Full-time staff, ministry staff burned out because they're just going so hard trying to keep everything uh, going. Yeah, and that's one trend. Another trend that we were hearing about and seeing and experiencing is these are in healthy churches. All of a sudden, these churches across North America were declining. And, and it wasn't unhealthy churches. you got to keep that in mind. These, had track, these churches had track record, years of growth and health. And, and what they were finding is that people were stopping. They just weren't coming. And those who were coming, even though you know, they would say, yeah, I'm, I'm committed, I'm in, they're coming maybe once every four to six weeks. We're seeing that at Freshwater. More evidence that something's broken, something's not working. And we're not sure entirely I can't say 100%, but I wonder, as I think about that quote from Spurgeon, I wonder if actually this moment right now could be a gift. And as we look ahead, I think it might be a gift. If I would have come to this church back in January and said, look, what we need to do, because we're seeing all of these trends, is we actually need to shut down all the services so we can take six months, step back, evaluate and gain perspective and figure out what needs to change. If I came to the church to do that, I'd probably fire myself, and then the elders and the staff would have accepted it. Like, what do you mean? You're not going to do any service. We're shutting it all down except for maybe online. I mean, it would be that radical. Think about that. Back in January, now we're kind of used to it. Well, yeah, of course. 
And, and the reason why we're okay with it, it was it wasn't our decision. It was forced on us. We didn't have a choice. And so we're now doing what we got to do just to adapt and change. But now we have a moment where we can look at these early Christians and see what did they do when they were dispersed? Now, they had different reasons. It was forced on them, and it was so much more radical and painful and, and cataclysmic in terms of what had happened. But there's still an idea here of dispersion and, and what they did with it. And what's fascinating is they didn't have the queen. They, they got pushed out, out to all these places. And they did something with it, though. It, it says they, they were scattered and went about preaching the word. Church, the, the queen's gone. It's gone for a while. We're doing this online, and, and, and this is good, but I think all of us would say, hey, there's some actually great pieces about it, who we're connecting to, and the net is a whole lot broader of who's able to come in on this thing. Um, but we have a whole chessboard of pieces as Christians. And I just want to speak to that, because as I'm looking ahead, and as the staff is looking ahead, it's not like freshwater, this is all we've been doing. Because we have a whole bunch of pieces here. We've been talking about investing in community groups for years. It's one of the reasons why we speak about it so much and say, hey, look, if you want meaningful, deeper growth with authentic transparency, relational connection, accountability, Bible study, it happens in the context of our community groups. That, that's one of the pieces that we talk about all the time and we're running. It's not like we're trying to catch up to speed. It's, it's going. We've been investing in Bible studies and in one that's going on right now with women. And, and we've been investing in the theology classes and all these pieces that are so critical to the Christian life and what it, you know, and equipping the body of Christ. We've been investing in leadership development for almost 10 years, just really slow, real quiet. And what I love is right now in this moment, we have leaders stacked around freshwater like firewood, like they're just everywhere. And we've been creating times and elevating prayer at the river. We have two groups that pray on Thursdays. We have another group that prays on Friday. Right now we have over 160 people signed up to pray one day a week for 30 minutes. And we're praying as a church. We're calling everybody to do it. Sign up. If you haven't signed up, do it. And it's not to get credit. It's so encouraging. When, you, when, you, when I get online, I see who all is praying. I'm like, that is awesome. Sign up. We're praying for our country. We're praying that God would prune us and clean us. And we're praying that God would fill and anoint every person here at Freshwater. And Freshwater is a church. Like His presence would fill this church and lead us. These are the things we have been pouring tremendous amount of resources into all these years. It's people. And one of the things that we've seen in this past week, we've talked about Alpha, hey, invite guests. And I know some of you are skeptic about this still. We had over 50 guests at our Alpha two nights ago. Over 50. 50. It was, it was staggering to be on that Zoom meeting and see all the people there. And some of you may be actually watching today. It was, it was just so cool. And, and people are asking like real questions. And we get to the end of this, that first session every time and we ask this question. If there was a God and you could ask that God any question, what, would, what question would you ask? And people were asking just intense questions. Like, 
why or what happens to someone if they die of an overdose? Would God let them into heaven or not? Another question is, why, why would God allow people to struggle with addictions? It's some real tough questions. And, and if you're sitting here and you don't know of a place to process questions and you want to figure out what to believe or not believe and, and do it in a place that's safe, jump into our alpha, get on our website. Uh, it's uh, freshwater, thefreshwater.church. <laughs> You know my website, thefreshwater.church, and you'll find it right there on the opening page. There's a little block that you click for Alpha. Get connected to that. It's a great place. It's a safe place to, to question and to ask and to figure out what it means to follow Christ. And I'm saying all that because as we're going forward, I just want you to know staff is not pressing the panic button. Like, there's so much health here. There's so many pieces that we've been using and developing and we're ready for. And it's, it's encouraging. And yet, as we're looking at this, as we're moving forward, we're seeing an opportunity for change. We're talking about what, what needs to change to address some of the macro trends that we've been seeing in America. About how... Uh, the spiritually lost, how those who are trying to seek answers, how are they interacting with the Sunday morning service? Do they come anymore? Why, what do we do with burnout? How do we handle all these questions? And so we're looking at this and saying change has got to happen. And, and we don't know what that looks like. But I want you, I need to ask something of you. Those of you who have walked with Christ for a while, I'm going to ask something of you. I need your help. I need your years of God's faithfulness and steadfast love that you've experienced through all kinds of change. I need your words and I need your presence as we go through this time. We're going to need your leadership because change is, is here and more change and disruption is probably coming with all of this. And, and, and some of you, many of you have been through change in the church. I mean, you have seen, I mean, there's no lie, you have seen the colors on a wall, be painted different. It's, it's staggering. You've been around when people have changed the color of carpets. And I know that's just amazing to think that could happen. It's just staggering. Um, right? I mean, we joke about that. <laughs> but uh, you, you've seen other change. Worship styles, right? Uh, ministry, uh, what programs we do. Uh, you've been through change. Some of you have been to, through so many pastors who come in with a different strategy than that strategy, and they come and go, and, and yet Christ is there, and Christ is faithful, and the church tables goes forward, and what I need is, is you. What this church is going to need is you and your ability to say, hey, look, change isn't going to kill us. God's still going to lead. God's still going to be faithful. Looking forward, we're going to need that steadying influence from everyone here as we go forward. The other thing as we look at this is we are dispersed. And until we get back together, we need to keep praying. I'm, I'm going to beat this drum. We've got to keep praying. And, and I can't wait for that day when we get back together. But I am telling you, God is going to answer prayer. In fact, it's... Um, it's amazing what God has been doing even this past week with conversations and people, their spiritual hunger. And, and so here, looking forward, this is what I want to leave you with as, as I just wind this message down. Looking forward, 
until that day when we can gather together and what is going to happen, this is what I want to challenge you to do. Grow. Grow. Until that day we get to worship again, come back healthier. Come back stronger in your faith. Grow. Preach the word. Until that day, we get, to, we get to all be together in these services, praising Him. Reach out to those who have no anchor for the soul. Pull them along. Pull along your brothers and sisters in Christ. Grow. We, we have so many things that Christ has given the church, and He anoints, and He blesses, and He uses to strengthen our faith, to equip us to live the mission. The picture I have looking forward is, this is crazy. I don't even know if you thought about this, but I actually think fresh water can grow. I think we can actually come back bigger, healthier, stronger. Because we don't, this queen is great, but the church, when I look at the church here, when I look at the church in China who never got to gather, how does a church who never gets to really gather, they're in small groups, right? And it explodes in communist China where they shut it down. That's the same story that happened in Vietnam. We, we plant some churches and then we're kicked out of the country in this, I think in the 60s or something like that. We weren't able to go back to Vietnam for 30 years and all of a sudden we find Vietnam where you couldn't celebrate, gather together in a, a public service. They couldn't do that. The church explodes. Folks, we can grow. We can. And preach the word. Preach the word. Now you're, you're stuck with your neighbors, whether you like them or not. They're right across the street. They're right next to you. Reach out to them. I, I just talked to somebody this past week. The, the COVID-19 has pushed them to completely reevaluate their life. It, it it has pushed them, and they, they know they have not been walking towards God. They know it, and they're like, it, it, something's got to change. And we just had a phenomenal time. God, God moved in our conversation, um, and, and at the end of it, they're just like, and God really just, uh, in a powerful way, just set, set this person free, lifted off a, a bunch of stuff, a bunch of baggage. You know what the comment was at the end was, people need to know this. Like, I, I've got to tell people my story. I know so many people that have the same stories. I've got to tell them my story. Like, they need to know. Like, I've never experienced this kind of free, like, weightlessness. Like, the, the guilt and the shame. Gone. Folks, this is a, a season that we can come into and, and we can see Christ move. We can. We can grow. We're dispersed. But we can still live for Christ and preach His Word. Let me just uh, pray over you this blessing. Jesus, where each person is and, and whoever is listening, I, I pray for those who are longing for something more right now and, and maybe are struggling with how to connect with you. Holy Spirit, would you just, uh, would you touch them right now? I just uh, release your peace on them. Lord, for our church, those who call Freshwater home, would you come and fill them with a vision of what you see these months ahead looking like for them, your dream for them. Jesus, would you 
would you show your favor to Freshwater in these, this moment here and these days ahead? Would you release your peace? Would you release your joy, your love, your hope? I know some people had really bad days this last week, some really bad ones. Jesus, would you just intervene and would you create a, just a place where they are, where it's you and them? Encourage them today. Protect them, Jesus. We love you so much, Lord. We love you so much. Would you continue to, to lead each person, continue to lead fresh water? Amen.